Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this new series today. You know what? I almost can't call this a series. I'm just sharing some things that are just so uh, strongly weighing on my heart. When I look around the world, when I look around at fellow believers that I care about, uh, my, my, my heart really is just kind of breaking for uh the whole world, but especially for the body of Christ. You know, we're going to be talking about drawing near to God. And I, I, I this is not going to be probably like you would think uh, that a series with this name would be. This is not going to be talking about obligation. This is not going to be talking about the things that you should do. You know, uh, this is going to be talking about learning to recognize a deep, deep longing that really everybody has. Uh, sometimes they just don't understand what they're really longing for. You know, uh, many of you know that I was a healthcare professional for, for a long time. I had my own clinic and, you know, I worked with people on all kinds of levels. The number one type of uh, a group that we work for or that we help were substance abusers. We we would give treatments to a hundred substance abusers a week, and I, that's that's dealing with a lot of people, plus providing them and pointing them toward counseling and support and all that kind of stuff. But probably the next most common thing that we would deal with was would be eating disorders because eating disorders really are. Uh, deeply connected to a type of addiction. Now, one of the things that I used to see many times with people who had eating disorders is that in actuality, they were very often dehydrated. And uh, because they had never been raised to drink water, they would drink soft drinks or iced tea or, or alcoholic beverages when they felt thirsty, that their body never actually learned how to Id properly identify certain cravings. And many, many times people who had eating disorders and people who would tend to overeat, when they would begin to feel this urge to overeat, what they didn't know they would learn later was that actually they were thirsty. And uh, once they started uh, responding by drinking water. It took a little while for the for their body to pick up on the signals and make the adjustment. But it was an amazing thing to see people end a lifelong struggle with overeating simply because their body did not recognize the difference between uh, thirst and hunger. Well, you know, that's kind of the way we are spiritually. You know, we, we created to be in an intimate, connected, loving relationship with our creator. And the real truth is we can't be normal if we are not in that uh, that kind of relationship. And uh, 
So if that need is not being met in our lives, we are going to have cravings that we really do not clearly identify. We don't always recognize this is a longing for me to connect with my God, with my creator. And many times when we do even recognize that it is a longing to connect with our God, uh, the problem is uh, no one has helped us understand what that looks like. We've never developed a process for doing that in real life. And so in my life, I just, I just want you to understand, in my life, learning to recognize that need, re learning to recognize the, the hunger and the thirst uh, that, that would begin to really rise up inside me uh, began a very healthy cycle of staying connected to God, experiencing the love of God, and 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 being able to sustain this meaningful relationship. You know, there about, many of you don't know this, but if, you, if you're old enough, back in the 70s, 60s, late 60s, and all the way up into the uh, mid to late 70s, Moke's worship music came straight out of the Bible. And I, I loved that so very much because you you were singing God's words, you were you were scripturally uh, uh, on track. You learned the scripture, and it was uh, singing the scripture was actually a form of meditation. But because of it, you actually learn uh, dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of scriptural passages. And you know them by heart, and you can just bring them back to your memory. It's a wonderful thing. Well, th there was a, one of the psalms that we used to sing, and, and the psalm reads this way. Psalm 42, verses 1 through 3 says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. And my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before you? My tears have been my food day and night while they continuously say to me, where is your God? Well, I think when we sang this song, it was combined with with a few other psalms. And we, we sang the words like this, As a deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after thee. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. Man, we would sing that song. I'm just telling you, in, in, in my heart, I would see... Uh, I would see really a movie, if you will, of, of everything that that psalm was about. And I would see the deer drinking water, fresh water out of a stream. And, and somehow or another that would take me into this thing of, of, of connecting with God and being incredibly satisfied in this, in this connection with God. You know, all my life as a believer, I have tried to be very sensitive to my longings for God and to pursue these longings in a healthy, positive way. I didn't, I never pursued these longings for God in a negative way. I never, I never did it out of obligation. My worship life, my prayer life were all about communion with God, being with Him and spending time with Him. And, and, and that was it. You know, usually when I had these longings for God, I didn't go spend time asking him to do things for me. I, did, I wasn't praying for him to, uh, to do something special. I was just communicating with him, talking to him, listening to him, sharing with him, expressing 
uh, whatever was it was in my heart. You know, I've I've talked to uh, people in my uh, uh, ultimate impact group, and my ultimate impact group is my personal uh, mentoring group, and where where we work with a large group of people online for personal mentoring to help them develop their lives. And I shared a lot of very intimate things in this group. And, you know, I was sharing this just a, just a few weeks ago, every night at about eight 30, uh, I will come downstairs and, and I will make Brenda and I, uh, a health drink that helps us sleep. It helps heal our gut while we're sleeping. It's very, very, very good for us. But, it also helps us to relax and go to sleep. And I really didn't intend for this to happen, but for whatever reason, every night when I would come down our steps, I would find myself just um, coming into uh, th this deep communion with God, this deep connection with God. And so the whole time I would be fixing our drinks, sometimes I'd deliberately sit down here a little longer. Uh, I would just be communing with God, talking with God so many times. In those times, God would give me direction about what I needed to do in ministry. He'd give me direction about what I needed to do in, in relationships and in my family. But, it, you know, you can develop times that this happens for you where this is just a way of life. You know, the other day, and, and this played a lot into me wanting to share this, uh, there was a, there was a post, and I'm I'm telling you, it just it just it just broke my heart. And in this post, uh, you know, this guy was saying that uh, you know most of the songs that we sing are not scriptural, and they're you know they're old covenant. We need to make sure the song we're singing are new covenant. Well, I agree with that a hundred percent. I just didn't agree with how this guy defined that. And so he and I'm I'm not going to remember these lyrics properly as are, but but he pulled out a song that talked about I'd rather spend a thousand days, you know, uh, uh in the house of the Lord than or excuse me, I'd rather spend one day in the house of the Lord than a thousand days doing something else. And that's probably not exactly how the lyrics go. And so he said, we shouldn't be singing anything like that. He said, somebody, you know, that's old covenant. That's not new covenant. Uh uh you know, Christ is in us. He never leaves us. We shouldn't be longing to want to spend time with him. And I read that, and you know, the first thing that came to my mind is this: I I didn't do it. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be uh, uh, contentious with the guy. But I thought, now you're married, and I know you're married, and so have do do you have a marriage license? And see, that's what we have in Jesus. When we come to Jesus, the Bible says that uh, that. God actually declares us to be righteous. And that's, you know, salvation is about being made righteous. So we qualify uh, for all the blessings and promises of God. We, of course, are cleansed from all of our sins. Uh, all of these things happen, but they all revolve around the fact that, that, that we have been made righteous. Well, so we, we, we're made righteous. We have this intimacy with God. We, you know, we experience the blood of Jesus washing us clean from sin. And, uh, and, and so we, so basically it's like having a marriage license, if you will. 
And so, you know, the question I would want to ask this guy was, so since you got your marriage license, are you saying you never have this desire to be intimate and romantic and alone and connected to your spouse? It, it, it would only be natural if you love your spouse, even though you're married, even though the marriage is secure, and even though the relationship is good, it would only be natural in a loving relationship that you would want to connect to your spouse, um, maybe just in a in a deeper way. That's what making love is about. And making love for the Bible calls knowing someone to know your spouse. And that word for knowing is the exact same word that is used to describe our relationship with God and our interaction with God, where we experience him at incredibly deeper levels than, than we do. It's not to say we get closer to him because you can't get any closer to him. It's not to say that, uh, that, he, drop, that he comes to us because he never leaves us, he never fails us, or never forsakes, forsakes us. But you know, the words of this song had nothing to do with Old Covenant, New Covenant. It had to do with those times where you have this deep hunger, this deep drawing to be more intimate with God than you are right at this very moment. And so, you know, my, my heart kind of broke for that. And I thought, you know, after 50 years of doing, of doing a lot of counseling and a lot of personal ministry, I thought, you know what, that's what destroys marriages is that people think that because they're married, there's no, there's never going to need to respond to these these times where you just hunger and thirst to be more intimate and more closely knit to your spouse. Well, you know, God, we were creating the likeness and image of God. We are social, emotional, relationship-oriented beings. And uh, God is a social, emotional, relationship-oriented being. And so we are designed to have this intimate connection with God, and, and it should fulfill us uh, just like being with uh, you know, our spouse, the person that we love, the friends that we love. We should get fulfillment from being with God like that, except multiplied by however many times. And so so, you know, I'm looking around, and one of the things that I'm seeing as I talk to people, um, believers, uh, not just here locally, but believers all over the world that I'm in communication with, you know, I see more and more and more that the whole concept of drawing near to God is kind of, a, is kind of disappearing. Now, again, there are a lot of pop doctrines that would just tell you, you're as close to God as you can get. You know, he's in you, you're in him. There's no such thing as get drawing near to him. That that doesn't even make sense. Well, you know what? That is kind of a uh, that is kind of an intellectual concept. That is not a relational concept. That is not an experiential concept. When the Bible talks about us knowing God, it is talking about us being involved with him in a way where we experience him. We experience his love. We experience his character. We experience who he is. You know, Jesus said, I've come in John 10, 10, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, you know, you read that and you think, well, well, how does that happen? And that word life, by the way, is the word zoe. And it's talking about not just talking about uh, eternal life. It's not just talking about living forever. It's talking about quality of life. As a matter of fact, the word zoe has to do with the life of God that Jesus 
gives to us or deposits in us or really that he becomes to us uh, uh, because it's the life that, that God gave him at the resurrection. And so, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, so I'm saved, so I should have this, this Zoe. I should have this quality of life that Jesus had. Well, we're, we're doing that uh, under the assumption that it all happens automatically. Well, it doesn't happen automatically. The real truth is there's nothing between us and God that happens automatically. Uh, what happens between us and God happens through a process of interaction. It happens through a process of, uh, of us believing God. That's called faith, of us believing God, trusting God, and responding to Him because we believe what He says. We believe, you know, we believe His Word. Now, so throughout the Bible, there is this constant uh, thing about drawing near to God. Now, th this concept of drawing near to God is really interesting because it actually comes from the Hebrew word sacrifice. You know, when we read the English word sacrifice, we, we think about giving something up for God. We think about investing something that uh, is valuable to us, maybe giving up something that's valuable to us. And most of us have a very pagan religious concept of what that means. And, but because really, we're not going and trying to appease God. God, God is completely satisfied with who we are because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not actually trying to get God to draw near from us or near to us. There's not one place in the Bible where it ever talks about any sacrifice causing God to draw near to us. The word sacrifice comes from a word, korban, which is a, a Hebrew word, which means to draw near. And so God has promised, I'll always be there. I'll never, I'll never uh, abandon you. I'll never leave you. I'll never fail you. I'll never forsake you. I'm always here. So when you draw near to me, I will be there. You will not have to beg me back. You will not have to hunt me down. You will not have to make uh, some kind of big sacrifice to, uh, to get me to come back because the, the truth is, uh, uh, the drawing near is the longing that's in our heart to be connected to God. It is the longing in our heart to be connected to him in a very deep and intimate way to experience his love. And, uh, and so, so this is not about appeasing God through some kind of a ritualistic sacrifice. Now, I will say this, and I won't go much farther in it. In the Old Testament, all of the sacrifices that people brought when they wanted to draw near to God, they were all designed to have an influence on our heart, not on the heart of God. God's heart never changes. God always wants to have communion with us. He always wants to be in connection with us. But he is not going to force us. He is not going to force his way in our lives. You know, by the Holy Spirit, he will draw us. He will call us. He will woo us. He will try to move us toward him. But the real truth is, uh, even though he's the initiator, he doesn't initiate it in a way where it's an obligation. He doesn't in initiate it in a way where it's something that we have to do. He initiates it in a way 
to to be compelling to uh, again to inspire us to want to connect to him but the act of drawing near is always our react or excuse me our reaction to the promise that God has made that he will always be there he'll never leave us he'll never forsake us he will never fail us so if we're not careful we will get idealistic and even legalistic with some doctrines and some theological positions that I'm not saying they're they're not correct but I'm saying they're not complete you know uh one of the things that the Bible presents so clearly is that no matter what God has freely given us, it does not benefit us one bit until we experience it. So our connection with God, our communion with God, our time that we spend with him, the love that we feel as we are wrapping our lives around him, uh, that is something that that is never taken away from us is not something we have to go and earn back but it is something that doesn't really mean anything unless we are experiencing it you know i hear a lot of people talk about the love of god and 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 uh they're not presenting it from the full counsel of god they present the love of god as if god loving me should be enough that my life is going to be be complete. My life is going to be satisfied. Well, it is if you enter into that. It is if you are experiencing that love. It is if love is being perfected in you, and perfected means to be brought to the goal or the purpose for which it was given. But if I am not responding to God's love and entering into this connection with him, and if I'm not allowing his love to draw me into uh, in, into many different aspects of a relationship, then the real truth is that is just theological information. And is it true? Yes, it's true. Uh, does the love of God uh, uh, set me free from fear? Well, actually, that's not what the Bible says. It says the perfected love of God will set me free from fear. What, again, what's the perfected love of God? It's the love of God that that reaches and fulfills the goal. So, so we're always going to be in this situation where we have to choose how, whether or not we want to, to experience closeness with God, whether or not we want to experience intimacy with God, whether or not we want to, to connect with him uh, in ways that are going to relieve this longing. You know, many of you know my story. Uh, I was a runaway. I, I left home. I was 14 years old. I went back just for a short period of time. I left home again when I was 15 years old. I never went back home again. I found myself, you know, sleeping in a boarding or living in a boarding house, an $8 a week boarding house. And um, so that tells you something about what it was, you know, alone all the time. Uh and, and man, I would find myself sometimes just so, so lonesome for a connection, for uh, just a connection with another human being because I was alone all the time. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I learned very early in life the desperation of feeling alone, the desperation of feeling disconnected. 
And so when I gave my life to Jesus, I've got to tell you the, the, the first and most powerful thing that happened, and ha it has never stopped happening in over 50 years, and that is the fact that I never feel alone anymore. You know, uh, I, I was talking to God the other night. I was going downstairs, make mine and Brenda's drink, and and you know, I was talking to God about about some of the some of the people that I love that have that have crossed over, and I was just saying, God, you know, I I, I you know I miss them. I, I look forward to being reunited with him. I look forward to seeing them again. And then, and this is this just emerged out of my inner man. I said, but I don't miss you. And when I said it, it almost shocked me. And as I, and, and so I'm like, God, you know, you know, I didn't mean that as an insult. You know, I, I wasn't saying that you're not important to me. I really felt like the Holy Spirit spoke back to my heart and said, uh, you know, you are more involved with me than you are any person in your life. We talk more than you talk with anybody. We are always connected. We're always interacting. You have no opportunity to miss me. But let me say this. There are times, even though there's that kind of living connection, there are times when I realize something to me, you know, the Bible says deep calls to deep. Man, there's so many times something deep within me recognizes either, either God is wooing me and drawing me or there's just something in me that's compelling me. And this is where I'm going to draw near. That, that's the sacrifice that God wants. Just draw near to me. Let's have a relationship. Let's be intimate. Let me, let me heal your hurts. Let me give you joy. Let me fulfill your dreams. And that is exactly, exactly, exactly what God wants. So now you go back to this thing I was talking about where Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And so the question becomes, then why isn't it just happening? You know, my life, many people say my life isn't necessarily overflowing. Well, that's because Jesus said in John uh, 17, 3, I think it is, he says, and this is life. So, so Jesus said, I've come to might have life. So now he's going to say, but let me, let me tell you how this life really comes, how you would experience this. He says, this is life that you might know God the Father, uh, and Jesus, his son, whom he has sent. Well, that word know is that word experience. So even though God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, he has legally given all of that to us freely. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to do anything. All we have to do is receive it, take hold of it, bring it to ourselves. And you know what? That is usually not going to happen by working some kind of a faith formula. It's going to work by drawing near to him, by connecting to him uh, and, and spending time with him and, and, and dealing with whatever he leads you to deal with. I'll tell you, God will take you through conquering problems that you've struggled your whole life. And, uh, and it's not a bad thing. It's, it's not a horrible correction experience. It's just, let me lead you through this. Let me bring you through this. So I'm going to talk to you over the next few weeks about drawing near to God. And I'm, I'm telling you, we're going to look at some of the things that the Bible says about drawing near to God. We're going to discover what, what that actually looks like. And uh, something we're going to do, and I'll, I'll tell you next week about how to, how to do this. I am going to provide a free download called Creating Divine Connections. 
and it is using this biblical principle of drawing near, not only to learn how to draw near to God and be intimate with God, but how to draw near to people and build healthy relationships with other people. Now, in this video series, man, I'm going to give you everything that you're going to need to know and understand about drawing near to God. You're going to, you're going to learn some things that maybe you never, never really considered. And you're going to learn how to draw near to God, no matter how lonely you are, no matter how much you're hurting, if you're sick, no matter what it is, where you can connect to God on a deeper level. Not saying you get more of God. I'm not saying that. Not saying that an anointing comes on you. Not saying that. You've got everything that pertains to life and godliness. But it, but it says it comes through the knowledge, the experiential knowledge uh, is how that comes alive into us, and how that becomes a part of our life. So I want to encourage you, man, if you want to develop this capacity, not only to draw near to God, but draw near to people, how, learn how to connect with God and with people, and learn how to get these deepest needs in your life met so that you are not having to, uh, to chase people down. You're not, you're not uh, compromising to get friends. You're not being religious to connect with God. Listen, be sure and share this with a friend, and I will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers Podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.